Welcome to the divine service for this Lenten midweek of the fifth week in Lent. I will be announcing all of the hymns as we continue our meditation on the Passion of our Lord according to St. Matthew. You will need the hymn from the Lutheran hymnal, Jesus Christ our Lord Most Holy, which corresponds to the Passion reading for today. We begin with the opening hymn, 420, Christ the Life of All the Living.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 27th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. You may be seated for the reading of the Passion. As they came they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him, and divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there, and they put up over his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, There was darkness over all the land. 
And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there, when they heard that, said, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The hymn, Jesus Christ our Lord Most Holy, on the printed insert.
Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Merciful and everlasting God, you did not spare your only Son, but delivered him up for us all to bear our sins on the cross. Grant that our hearts may be so fixed with steadfast faith in him that we fear not the power of sin, death, and the devil. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Earthquakes. Only the St. Matthew Passion records these events. Earthquakes wreak devastation. Across almost every culture, they are seen as visitations of divine wrath and judgment. Unless, of course, they're viewed among those who have no belief in a God of any kind, then they are signs of a natural world that has no particular meaning or purpose. It's just Mother Nature doing her thing. Earthquakes can level entire cities to the ground and reduce great structures to rubble. When the earth moves beneath our feet, nothing is stable, and solid foundations are turned to sand. I have never met anyone who enjoys an earthquake. Earthquakes inspire fear because of human suffering and the loss of life that so often follows in their wake. In the St. Matthew Passion, he records that when Jesus yielded up his spirit on Good Friday, quote, Behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. This was unlike any earthquake that had ever been before. But it will be like that earthquake on the last day when the trumpet sounds and the gravestones are split open and the dead rise from the dead never to die again. On that Good Friday, the earth convulsed, rocks were split, the temple curtain symbolizing the sin that separated us from God was rent asunder like the heavens itself ripped wide open, giving us full access Graves were opened, bodies of saints were raised to life again. That is amazing. This earthquake was unlike any other because instead of taking life, it gave life. Like a woman caught in the throes of her labor pangs, the earth writhed and quaked and gave up her dead to new life, eternal life. This was not mere resuscitation. This was resurrection. I don't care what any 
commentary of the so-called scholars might say, this is resurrection. Because when Jesus died on the cross, the sin that caused death, it was eradicated and life sprang up from death. You see, death is not a random act of nature. It is not the natural order of things. It's not part of some, you know, Mother Nature evolutionary scheme of human self-improvement. Oh, we die, and then nature improves and gets better again. That's poppycock. Nor is death meaningless. There is a cause for death, an ultimate cause. And the ultimate cause of death is sin. Sin affects the whole of God's creation. Sin separated us from our creator and the source of life. If there were no sin, there would be no disease, no viruses, no bacterial infections that kill people, no cancer. There would be no death. What happened when Jesus died? Exactly what is it that went on there? Upon the cross, the creator of the universe became her redeemer. The son of the father's love died because he took the sin of the creation upon himself, including the curse of the fall. Jesus suffered the abandonment of being forsaken by God. He was the sin bearer for the very world that he himself had created in love, but who had rebelled against his love, but his love did not quit, and he entered into the creation. And by his atoning death, the cause of death was taken away. Sin was eradicated, and life sprang forth from death. The sin that rocked the creation and plunged her into bondage was, to use theological language, propitiated. It was expiated. That means it was taken away, a true eradication of the virus of sin. Where sin and its punishment is taken away, there is life from the dead. I cannot beat that hobby horse enough. Death was swallowed up by Jesus' death because his death took away the cause of death. Resurrection is a result of the atoning sacrifice of Christ, our creator upon the cross. Reconciliation with God, restoration to life in God, the Holy Trinity, comes in no other way but through the death of his Son on our behalf. So what was happening in this earthquake and in the resurrection of so many of the saints on Good Friday in Jerusalem. In these events, we see the power of Christ's forgiveness at work for all of his creation. Do you remember the Apostle Paul in Romans? He says the whole creation groans, as in labor pangs, in anticipation of the redemption of the children of God. The death of the Son of God, through whom all things were made, was so powerful a death 
in taking away the sin of the world, that new life and resurrection began to spring forth, you might say, ahead of schedule. There was nothing left undone. The resurrection must never be separated from the cause of the resurrection, which is the crucifixion. Let me speak very plainly again. Jesus' death upon the cross is the cause of the resurrection. Sin brought death and separation from God. Therefore, the forgiveness of sins through Jesus' death upon the cross brings new life and resurrection. Okay, I'm repeating myself. The women and the disciples did not see Jesus raised from the dead until the third day. But according to Psalm 16, which Peter also quotes on Pentecost, he did not undergo corruption, nor did his Holy One rot in the grave and see decay. Hmm. Why? Because when he died, the wrath of God against sin, which is the cause of why our bodies stink once they start to die and decay, it was all satisfied. So Jesus' body didn't begin to stink because it didn't begin to decay or rot in the grave. It rested in the grave. Though they did not see him until the third day, he preached still his victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil in his descent bodily into hell by the Spirit. Though they did not see him until the third day, he is very much the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Why? Because his death is the fountain and source of life. No wonder the Apostle Paul then, linking the crucifixion with the resurrection, says these words in the great resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ is not raised, you are still in your sins. His resurrection and the resurrection of those who sprang forth from the graves on Good Friday and appeared in Jerusalem after his resurrection is testimony to the power of the forgiveness of sins. And that's what we say from the Catechism. Where there's forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. Now when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and the things that had happened. They feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. We've been having these contrasts, you know, throughout the Lenten meditations. Today's earthquake and then a centurion's confession. The centurion's confession And the confession of his fellow soldiers with him was not merely caused by the frightening phenomenon of this earthquake. The earthquake they witnessed was bound up with the way Jesus died. And what they witnessed in his death, which was unlike any other execution they had ever witnessed, or supervised before. There had been other so-called messiahs. There had been other so-called divine saviors. But this one, 
They recognize this one is the real deal. There is something fundamentally different about the way he approached death, about the way he endured this suffering. Truly, this one is the Son of God, literally, is what the Greek text says they confessed. In distinction to all others, truly, this one, he is the Son of God. The centurion and his soldiers were there, a part of the group that stripped Jesus naked. They were the ones who put the scarlet robe on him and drove that crown of thorns into his skull. They were among the ones who bowed the knee before him and made fun of him and ridiculed him and mocked him and spat upon him and punched him in the face. They were among the ones who scourged him and beat him. They were among the ones who witnessed the hatred and ridicule that Jesus endured from his own people. The centurion and his soldiers witnessed all of it and even participated in doling out much of what Jesus suffered. They witnessed that rejection from his own people, from the chief priests, from the elders of the people. But through it all, they witnessed more than another execution and more than another earthquake. Through it all, they witnessed the Son of the Eternal Father's love. The Creator who humbled Himself to be sin-bearer, suffering servant for all of His creation. They witnessed in Jesus one who never fought back, who turned the other cheek, who prayed for his enemies and persecutors from the high priest all the way down to the Roman soldiers who brutalized him. He didn't cry out in curses against them. He prayed to his father for help and for their forgiveness. He willingly died so that sinners might live. They got this sense from why the way in which he suffered and took this punishment. What the centurion and his fellow soldiers witnessed was a love unlike any they had ever seen before. A love that paid the price for sin and redeemed the whole of creation from eternal destruction. This one was the Son of God. And they were right. But as great as that confession of faith is, the greatest testimony and confession of the truth comes from God the Father himself. From the foundation of the world to Jesus' baptism in the Jordan, to our Lord's transfiguration upon the mountain, to his faithfulness unto the death of the cross, The Father speaks, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. He through whom all things were created has redeemed his creation by the shedding of his blood in love. 
So it is as if the Apostle Paul had all of this in mind when in Colossians chapter 1, he wrote these words. Notice the linkage between creation and redemption and the shedding of Jesus' blood for the whole world. God the Father has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Let us pray. O God, creator of heaven and earth, Grant that as the crucified body of your dear Son was laid in the tomb and rested on the Sabbath, so we may await with him the coming of the third day and rise with him to newness of life, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us stand for the praying of the great litany, page 288. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, hear us. God the Father in heaven, have mercy. God the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy. Be gracious to us. Spare us, good Lord. Be gracious to us. Help us, good Lord. From all sin, from all error, from all evil, from the crafts and assaults of the devil, from sudden and evil death, from pestilence and famine, from war and bloodshed, from sedition and from rebellion, from lightning and tempest, from all calamity by fire and water, and from everlasting death, good Lord, deliver us. By the mystery of your holy incarnation, by your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, 
by your glorious resurrection and ascension, and by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Help us, good Lord, in all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death and in the day of judgment. Help us, good Lord. We poor sinners implore you to hear us, O Lord, to rule and govern your holy Christian church, to preserve all pastors and ministers of your church in the true knowledge and understanding of your wholesome word, and to sustain them in holy living, to put an end to all schisms and causes of offense, to bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are deceived, to beat down Satan under our feet, to send faithful laborers into your harvest, and to accompany your word with your grace and spirit. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to raise those who fall and to strengthen those who stand, and to comfort and help the weak-hearted and the distressed. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to give to all peoples concord and peace, to preserve our land from discord and strife, to give our country your protection in every time of need, to direct and defend our president and all in authority, to bless and protect our magistrates and all our people, to watch over and help all who are in danger, necessity, and tribulation, to protect and guide all who travel, to grant all women with child and all mothers with infant children increasing happiness in their blessings, to defend all orphans and widows and provide for them, to strengthen and keep all sick persons and young children, especially Jeremy, Mason, Walter, and David, to free those in bondage and to have mercy on us all. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to forgive our enemies and slanderers and to turn their hearts, to give and preserve for our use the kindly fruits of the earth and graciously to hear our prayers. We implore you to hear us, good Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, we implore you to hear us. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, grant us your peace. O Christ, hear us. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Do not reward us according to our iniquities. O God, merciful Father, 
You have promised to hear the prayers of all who in repentance call out to you. Graciously hear us, so that all evils which beset us may be of no avail, that we, your servants, may evermore give thanks to you in your holy church. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We remain standing for the singing of hymn 630, Now My Tongue the Mystery Telling, hymn 630.
our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. We will handle the distribution in two tables. The organist and those on the main floor commune first, the Volkorts and family second. Please come forward. Christ given for you, the body of 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 Christ given for you. blood of Christ shed for you. The 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 body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you, body and soul, in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. given for you, the body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. 
The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you, body and soul, in the true faith, unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Thanks and praise to you, almighty, everlasting God, Heavenly Father, for this your divine tenderness and love, that you have again given us grace to receive the holy body and the precious blood of your only Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We humbly beseech you, fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit, that through this sacrament which we have received with the mouths of our bodies, we by faith may evermore retain the treasures of your grace imparted to us in this sacrament, even the forgiveness of sins, oneness with Christ, and eternal life. Let this, your grace, enable us steadfastly to walk in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ, not doubting that at the last you will give to us and to all who bear the cross for his sake, the crown of everlasting life. Hear us, Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Hymn 452, O Perfect Life of Love. <clears throat> 